أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسوله سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد by Allah Ta'ala's father mashallah we completed the the big the big four surah surah al-Baqarah surah Ali Imran surah Surah Al-Nisa and Surah Al-Ma'idah. I shouldn't say we, I should say that the Hafaz completed it. Jazamallah khairan. Um, and just like that, you know, like Ramadan passes like that. Every day is a little bit different depending on what you read in the Taraweeh. Just like that, our life will pass us by. And uh, uh, the Surah Al-An'am, for anybody who's a student of Aqidah, is Allah Ta'ala's uh, lesson in Ilm Al-Kalam uh, to the Alameen. Uh, except for it's not like any book of Kalam ever written. Uh, it's Allah Ta'ala's hujjah baligha And uh, there's great beauty in it And uh, thereafter the Surah Al-A'raf Is Allah Ta'ala's uh, threat in wa'id to uh, The people from his creation who are transgressors But because this is not a dars of tafsir We're not going to take too much time on it uh, Except for to say that the Quran wasn't revealed In order to, uh, in order to uh, quickly finish taraweeh Or taraviyan uh, Rather it was uh, revealed uh, uh, in great part that people can reflect on it and benefit from its meanings and Allah Ta'ala give tawfiq so for those who have listened to the majlis in the years past inshallah uh, after we finished the muqaddimah of akhbari uh, we're going to shift back to something more um, something more familiar in terms of the format of the majlis which is that the point of the majlis was to remember uh, some part of the experience of being in Khanqa uh, uh, with 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 uh, my Shaykh Rahimahullah Ta'ala that after the Salat al-Taraweeh um, in order to relax from the uh, uh, from the exertion of uh, focusing on the Salat al-Taraweeh um, there would be the mention of some of the Mashaykh and some of the awliya of Allah Ta'ala and some of the Salihin and the, the Mubarak people who passed before us in this Ummah uh, because their love is also uh, uh, an act of worship and a commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it is one of the greatest and most uh, uh, expedient means to earning the love of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by the Barakah of Al-Mar'u Ma'aman Ahabba that a person will be with the one that they, that they love. So today I wanted to read a, a, a few tabaqat from uh, a couple of books that uh, those who are familiar with the majlis are familiar with. Uh, first, I wanted to read from the Kashful uh, Mahjub of uh, the Shaykh Ali Hajwari, Rahimullah Tabarak wa Ta'ala, for the Lahori public, otherwise better known as Data Ganjbakhsh, uh, whose uh, uh, mazar is, mashallah, famous for the free uh, biryani and chawl and zarda that people eat over there, but unfortunately markedly less famous for the actual teachings of the Shaykh. So in his book, he gives the tabaqat of the Sufiya, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, amongst those are, are a number of the great ulama of the ummah. So I wanted to share uh, the tabaqah of one of uh, those great ulama, the Shaykh Abdullah bin Mubarak, uh, rahimahullah tabarak wa ta'ala. Uh, Abdullah bin Mubarak, rahimahullah ta'ala, was a, a great muhaddith. His uh, 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 hadith come in all the siha sitta, and uh, he is a... 
uh, anyway, like we'll read in the Tabaqa, he's a, a person that anyone who wants to be familiar with uh, this uh, intellectual tradition of ours, they're not going to be able to circumnavigate him. Uh, so for those of you who are studying, inshallah, uh, by the time you get to the Dora Hadith, you'll see that his name comes in the Siha Sitta. Uh, uh, um, Imam Ahmed bin Hanbal's name doesn't come in the Siha Sitta. Uh, 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 and a number of great mashayikh who are famous for being muhaddithun, their names don't come. So those few names that come in all of the six books, uh, you know those people are a, a special part of our tradition. So Abdullah bin Mubarak al-Marwazi, uh, Marwazi is the nisbah toward uh, uh, Maru, which is a city in Central Asia. I believe it's currently in Turkmenistan. Uh, uh, after the Mongol uh, uh, desolation of Central Asia, it no longer was uh, uh, a, an important center of learning. But uh, definitely the people of Maru were Persian or uh, Aryan-speaking people. They were not Arabs. Um, and uh, some of them may have been Turkic speaking, although I think that's a, that, that, that nisbah increases a bit later. Uh, uh, so he was the imam of his time and consorted with many eminent mashaykh. He's the author of celebrated works and famous miracles. The occasion of his conversion is related as follows. He was in love with a girl and one night in winter he stationed himself at the foot of the wall of her house. While she came onto the roof, they both stayed gazing at each other until daybreak. When Abdullah heard the call to morning prayers, he thought it was the time for Isha. And only when the sun began to shine did he discover that he had spent the entire night in rapturous contemplation of his beloved. He took warning by this and said to himself, Shame on you, son of Mubarak. Do you stand on foot all night for your own pleasure, yet become furious when the Imam reads a long chapter of the Quran? He repented and devoted himself to study and entered upon a life of Zuhd of asceticism in which he attained such a high degree that once his mother found him asleep in the garden while a snake was driving gnats away from him with a spray of basil that it held in its mouth. So the snake driving the gnats away, whatever. The, the, the thing that I, I think people who wish to get to that point, because people oftentimes obsess about the, uh, obsess about the karamat, but the actual karama is what? is that he was able to take an ibrah from what from a simple and very human experience that normal people have which is being in love uh being in love with a woman and uh you know being in such a, a rapture and such exuberance in that love that the entire night passes him by now i know it's you know it's embarrassing you know your abba is right there you're not going to talk about it right <coughs> Where's Hafiz Man? Right, your Abba's right behind you. These are not things you're going to talk about because of our mashallah Victorian sensibilities. But uh, these are very normal, <coughs> very normal and very human experiences. And this is one of the things about the the tasawwuf of our uh, Akabir and elders. It was very like connected to like actual real life, not as like much like Marvel superhero and Infinity Gauntlet, but more like very day to day and like finding lessons in like things normal people do experiences that normal people have uh, if someone's never been in love with a woman before how is he going to know how to be you know how, how to love his uh, love Allah Ta'ala if someone doesn't know how to love his parents how is he going to know how, about Allah, how to love Allah Ta'ala and on the flip side uh, those people who have the love of Allah Ta'ala then they make good lovers in other ways as well uh, because they know what love is uh, so what did he say he, he connected two really interesting things <coughs> one is the experience of what of falling in love with a woman and the other is the fury of why is, why is this recitation taking so long 
and uh, alhamdulillah by Allah's fadl, mashallah, uh, I, I've last Ramadan I, I, I did something foolish which I hadn't done in Ramadan's past, which was I kept using social media during Ramadan. In Ramadan's past, I had enough common sense to not do that. Uh, last Ramadan, I'm like, oh, you know, like benefit for the ummah, right? Cult of da'wah mentality. And then what happens is like I get embroiled like unwittingly in like some sort of weird like uh, Twitter explosive like controversy and all of a sudden I become Mulana abortion or something like that, which is not, that's not, you know, who I am. Uh, and I just thought, this is stupid. You deserve this for like being embroiled, embroiled in this. Uh, um, but the 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 what the fury that he he coming back to the point the fury that he had of what that why is this guy reciting so long from the Quran the reason I brought now I remember the reason I brought up the social media is in Sha'ban the whole you know this huge long back and forth and people yelling screaming at each other about like should we read the entire juz and tarawih or should we not read the juz and tarawih and like uh, why is it that some people make such a big deal about this and that and the other thing. And without getting into that, because there are people who have valid points of view on both sides, like this much validity and then like this much pomp in the argument, you know, uh, without getting into what's right or wrong or whatever. But the idea is what the, that uh, uh, this is a very common, this is a very common thing. If the someone who's narrated in all uh, six books, including Bukhari, Muslim, etc., has had this experience that what like why is he why is he reciting so long why is fajr taking so long why is isha taking so long why is tarawih but tariq awla why is tarawih taking so long that means what they were like they're regular human beings they had like regular uh, thoughts but they took their uh, regular uh, uh, thoughts and they they learned a lesson from them you understand what i'm saying you're not the only ones who are like oh this is like so long but they took a lesson from it, and then afterward, Allah Ta'ala put barakah in the recitation for them. Uh, and then what happens then thereafter, the miracles happen. But the real miracle is not that a snake is like driving gnats away from a person. If you really don't want gnats to be on top, you can go buy like a bottle of bug spray. Right? Uh, 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 the real miracle is what is that? That somebody learned a lesson. Someone in the world learned a lesson. Allah Ta'ala make us amongst the people who learn a lesson one day. Amen. Uh, he then left Maru for some time uh, uh, and uh, went to Baghdad where he uh, associated with uh, some of the sheikhs of Tasawuf and also resided for some time in Makkah Mukarramah. When he returned to Maru, the people of the town received him with friendship and founded for him a professorial chair in lecture hall. Um, and the, ex the, the expression in Persian that's used in the original is that they, ga they, they gave him a dars in a majlis. They built for him a madrasa and they, they, they made for him a majlis. The madrasa is what? Where information and knowledge is transferred. And the majlis is what? Where suhbah happens. And this is the, the, these are the two ways that, that, that we benefit from our elders, from our mashayikh, from our ulama. Alhamdulillah, mashallah, Darul Qasim is there, Darul Salam is there, etc. We have these institutions of learning. Those are the madaris, but not everyone is going to become a sheikh. And this is the thing I see in a lot of people is that when they kind of get oriented toward the deen, they see how much great... Uh, uh, honor the deen gives to the ulama and then they think the only way of becoming pious is to become a scholar and the fact of the matter is if everybody was a scholar you know the entire ummah is going to fall apart uh, uh, the entire ummah is going to fall apart yeah people have to do different stuff people are made to do different stuff people excel at different stuff. there's some people if you make them into an imam or into a scholar they'll completely uh, lead the uh, ummah astray uh, but if you let them do what they're good at uh, in, a, in a proper way, then what? Then those people, you'll see that they, uh, uh, they, they benefit the ummah. And so the, the, the dars is one thing, and they also founded for him a majlis as well, where people can get suhbah, that those people who are not going to become ulama, at least they can benefit from the hal of 
of the sheikh because the hal is the same thing. The hal is completely abstract. Everybody carries a hal inside of them, inside of their heart. That's completely abstract. It's something that's not words. It's something that's not, um, that you can't write in a book. That's why the mashaykh, oftentimes many of the greatest of our mashaykh were uh, illiterate people. Al-Ghulf Abu Madian was an illiterate person. Sayyid Ahmad Shahid was an illiterate person. They're people who don't, know how to, who don't know how to read and write. But the things that they say are really amazing. Why? Because they carried the hal with them inside. And sometimes a, an alim can learn from the hal of a person who's unlearned. Ittaqullah wa yu'allimukumullah. If you fear Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala will teach you the things that you don't, that you don't know uh, from before. And in that sense, the ilm of the Prophet was the most perfect because he wasn't a person of, like, uh, of, of literary type of learning. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rather, he carried that pure hal with it with him and was able to interpret it through all of his experiences in life. And the hal cannot be earned or learned. You understand what I'm saying? There's no number of years, there's no like hal course that you can do. Like you can become a mufti, you can be specialized in like the 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 you know the art of giving fatwa, you can be specialized in being a mutakallim, a person of ilmul kalam, you can be specialized in being muhaddith or being a, a, you know a grammarian if you're weird. Uh, uh, you can be specialized in all of these things. Hey, I love Arabic grammar, mashallah. That's why that's why uh, people don't like to talk to me. But uh, uh, um, you know, but the hal, there's no amount of earning you can do. The only place you can get it from is. Is, is from somebody who has it. Uh, and so he had a majlis also uh, 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 for that, for, for the transmission of that. And at that time, at that epoch, half, it says epoch because Nicholson translated it and he's, mashallah, a very literary person. At that time, half the population of Maru were the followers of tradition and the other half were uh, the adherents of, of, of legal reasoning just as in present day. Meaning like, you know, half the people were the ones who say amin out loud and half of the people weren't. To put it in very like simple lay terms, um, and, and they called him Radil Fariqain because of his agreement with both sides, and each party claimed him as one of themselves. Meaning what? Everyone loved him. The the the, the Ahlul Hadith people, the traditionalists, loved him. Why? Because he was such a prolific muhaddith. And the Ahlul Rai, uh, uh, the the people of uh, uh, principled legal reasoning, they loved him because he was a direct student of Imam Abu Hanifa. And he was he was in his fiqh Hanafi, although uh, in in usuli sense, not in a fururi sense. Maybe every fatwa he gave wasn't uh, wasn't like that, but his understanding of the Sharia was grounded in the teachings of Imam Abu Hanifa, rahimahullah, ta'ala, who's also a great Sheikh of the Tariqa. To learn more about that, you can go look up the uh, old uh, 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 majalis uh, and, and listen to them with regards to his uh, Sufic excellence, rahimahullah, ta'ala. So both of them, both of them loved him. They fight with one another. They argue with one another. Mashallah, to this day, they argue with one another and, and are ready to kill one another. But they, 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 just like they probably were in Maru back in the day. But they both, uh, they both loved him. Uh, and because of that, they called him Radil Fariqain, the one who both both parties are pleased with. So he built two ribats, one in Maru and uh, for the followers of tradition, and one. Uh, um, uh, in Maruf for the followers of uh, 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 principled legal reasoning um, which have uh, retained their original constitution down to the present day. Now obviously the author who wrote that lived before the Mongol desolation of Central Asia. They're all destroyed now. And uh, make dua for our brothers and sisters in Turkmenistan. Um, they suffered a, a, a very horrible uh, epoch under communist rule. And thereafter, basically in all of the Central Asian republics, illa Allah, 
what ends up happening is that when they quote unquote get freedom from the USSR, the Communist Party bosses fly back from Moscow to their countries and just take up their seat uh, and no longer are even guided by the pr principles of communism. They're just despots. Um, and many of them don't even know the native languages of the country that they, they go back to rule. Uh, they learn them basically overnight. And so Turkmenistan was ruled by an individual by the, who gave himself the title Turkmenbashi, which means leader of the Turkmens. And he like names months of the year after himself and family members and days of the week after himself and a huge like golden statue of himself facing the sun. And he has like a little uh, green green book, kind of like Gaddafi did, um, that he called the Ruhnama, that, that, that was his holy scripture that he forces all the masajid to, to stock. I mean, this man just died a couple of years ago. Um, and Allah Ta'ala relieved the creation from his uh, uh, oxygen-wasting uh, uh, body, alhamdulillah. But, uh, and so things are a little bit better there right now, but they're still, they're still kind of tight. Like that kind of insane like nuttiness of his cult of personality is gone, but things are still not like, uh, things are still not, uh, uh, you know, normal uh, in these places. But, you know, we still read the Bukhari that their people wrote. You know what I mean? We still read the books that their people know. Marwazi, you'll find the find the Marwazi nisbat and all sorts of different ulama. Uh, um, and so we owe it, uh, you know, even though we can't like, you know, whatever, shut down concentration camps in China or whatever, uh, we owe it to all the people of Ummah to make dua for them because they did stuff that we benefited from. Uh, so we at least should make dua for them and keep concern for them. Uh, uh, that's the least that we, we can do for them. So he built two ribats. Uh, uh, Nicholson translates the term ribat as convent. Ribat is what? Ribat means to what? To, to, to make firm. And so we use the name Ribat also not just because of the Mauritanians, but because this is a concept that's, that's, there, in our, uh, that's there in our Ummah that we've, uh, we've left behind, that there needs to be some place where people stay and make firm. You'll never make a, a generation of people who don't tuck tail and run from the battlefield if they cannot get through 20 rak'ahs and majlis without tuck, tucking tail and running. Obviously, I know people have like stuff to do and things like that uh, in the morning. But the idea is that with, with, with the Sawaf is that it's like a boot camp and it's even harder than the military boot camp. Why? Because you also have to be your own drill instructor. Um, uh, nobody else can do it for you. Like if I personally was your drill instructor, I'd drill you into the ground before until you die. And then after one day, Yom Qiyamah, you'd be like, you were so harsh on me. You weren't even that harsh on yourself. This was a waste, right? The only way this is going to work is that what you can take direction and advice from mashayikh and from other people but you have to, you're the only one who knows your own hal inside uh which makes it even more difficult than that so that was their their ribat and maru and this uh, you know those were probably very amazing and epic ribats that he built this is our kind of like miskin ribat that's over here and alhamdulillah it's some, something is better than nothing uh, uh so he built one ribat for the people of uh, uh the, the ahlul hadith and one for the ahlul rai uh which is uh, there's a great hikmah in that as well that people can do what they need to to get ahead in their deen and also not bother each other if they're not, you know, if they're not syncing up uh, 100%. Uh, and just keep a good opinion for one another at a distance. Uh, afterward, he went back to Hijaz and settled in Mecca uh, uh, on being asked what wonders he had seen. He once replied, I saw a, a rahib, a monk, Christian monk who was emaciated by mujahada, by his uh, self-mortification, bent double by the fear of God. Uh, I asked him to tell me the way to uh, Allah he answered, "If you knew Allah, you would know the way to Him." Mm. Then he said, "I worship Him, although I don't." Know, I, then he said, "I worship Him, although I do not know Him." Whereas you disobey Him, uh, although you know Him. Meaning, this Rahib was what he saw the Athar of Rabbaniya in this uh, uh, in this uh, uh, Muslim, 
And so he says, I worship him, uh, although I don't know him. Uh, whereas you disobey him, although you know him. Uh, uh, and so uh, uh, the Sheikh uh, comments on this, uh, uh, on this exchange. He says, uh, knowledge entails fear, yet I see that you're confident. Uh, knowledge entails what? Fear. Yet, despite that, I see that you're confident. And infidelity, kufr, or ignorance, uh, entails, uh, uh, kufr in, entails ignorance, yet I still feel fear within myself. Uh, Shaykh Abdullah bin Mubarak said, I laid this to my heart and it restrained me from many evil deeds. Knowing that even there's a kafir somewhere who fears Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rather I know that I'm on the haq, but I still don't fear him. The remem remembrance of that, it restrained me from many evil deeds. It's related that Abdullah bin Mubarak rahimahullah said, tranquility is unlawful to the hearts of the awliya of Allah, being at peace. People say, when can I get a day off? When can I, uh, uh, when can I get rest? He said, tranquility is unlawful for the hearts of the awliya of Allah, for the saints of Allah Ta'ala, for they are agitated in this world by talab and in the next world by tarab. They're agitated in this, in this world by the seeking of Allah, the desire and the longing for Allah. And they are agitated in the next world by rapture, meaning by the sheer exuberance and by the uh, the, the 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 joy. Tarab is what tarab is the the feeling that a person has when like their favorite song comes on and it makes them like high. It makes them uh, feel uh, 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 you know it makes them like feel transcendent. Uh, and that in this world they are agitated by talab by longing, and in the next world they are agitated by tarab by by exuberance. And by ecstasy, they are not permitted to rest here while they're absent from Allah, nor there while they enjoy uh, the presence, manifestation, and vision of Allah. Hence, this world uh, is even as the next uh, world in their eyes, and the next world even as this world, because tranquility of hearts demands two things, either attainment of one's aim or indif indifference to uh, the object of one's desire. Since he is not to be uh, attained in this world or the next, the heart can never have rest from the palpitation of love, and since indifference is unlawful to those who love him, the heart can never have rest from the agitation of seeking him. This is a firm uh, principle in the path of those who are spiritually adept. Uh, so the second, uh, uh, the second, uh, uh, um, <coughs> the second uh, uh, I wanted to read was uh, uh, that of a, a sheikh whose name is uh, uh, known to uh, known to the people of the tariq although maybe uh, the ummah has forgotten it it's the sheikh the sheikh hamdun al-qassar abu saleh hamdun bin ahmed bin umara al-qassar he belonged to the ancient mashayikh and one of those who were scrupulously devout he attained the highest rank in fiqh and in uh, uh, aqidah in jurisprudence and in divinity in which sciences he was a follower of Thori. Uh, he followed the uh, 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 Thori, and this is a this is I believe this is a mistake of Nicholson. Uh, when they say someone is Thori al Madhab, more often than not, it's the Madhab of Abu Thor, Ibrahim bin Khalid, who is a pupil of Imam Shafi'i, and uh, the Madhab of Abu Thor is the Madhab that was followed by. Uh, um, followed by Imam Junaid al-Baghdadi rahimahullah ta'ala and I have a feeling that all of these like Athari Madahib with the exception of the Shafi'is all the Athari Madahib in, in Iraq at some point they just coalesce under the, the flag of the Hanabila 
uh, and Allah knows best. This is just a, a, a theory of mine based on a number of observations. So he was the he was what he was a a, a, a follower of of Thor, uh, not of he was a follower of the Madhab of Abu Thor. Um, in Tasawwuf, he was a disciple of Abu Turab al-Nakhshabadi uh, uh, and Ali al-Nasrabadi, both of whom are famous people. You can read their tabaqat in this book as well. By the way, I want I want you to note one thing: is that what that these are all muhaddithin. Both of both of uh, the previous one, uh, Abdullah bin Mubarak, and uh, Hamdul Qasar, they're both uh, Ahlul Hadith people in some sense. Uh, uh, Ahlul Hadith. Uh, Abdullah bin Mubarak in the sense that he's a prolific narrator of hadith and Hamdul Qasar even in his fiqh he's an athari. When he became renowned as a theologian uh, 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 the imams and notables of Nishapur Nishapur is the, the city of Imam Muslim the, the notables of Nishapur uh, uh, urged him to take the pulpit and preach to the people but he refused uh, uh, saying my heart is still attached to the dunya and therefore my words will make no impression on the hearts of others to speak unprofitable words is to despise uh, our aqidah and to deride our sacred law. Mm. Speech is permissible to him alone whose silence is injurious to the deen and whose speaking will remove that injury. End quote. Uh, and uh, this is uh, a, a, a early Eid present to all of our uh, uh, brothers and sisters whose uh, uh, social media uh, uh, profiles have them standing behind a lectern or with a mic in their hand. Uh, I'm sure your speeches also uh, 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 will remove the injury to people's deen or whatever, inshallah. Uh, on being asked why the sayings of the early Muslims were more beneficial than those of his contemporaries to men's hearts, he replied, because when they opened their mouth, it was for the glory of Islam, the salvation, the najat of, uh, of the arwah, of the spirit, and the satisfaction of our Rahman, uh, the God most merciful, whereas we discourse for the glory of ourselves and the quest of worldly gain and the favor of mankind. Whoever speaks in accordance with God's will uh, and by divine impulsion, his words have a force and a vigor that makes an impression on the wicked. Uh, but if anyone speaks in accordance uh, with his own will, his words are weak and tame and do not benefit hearers. Um, and uh, when we say they have no effect, someone might say, well, I know somebody who, uh, you know, has, mashallah, his bands are listened to by hundreds and thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. But still, it's what? It's like water, water under the bridge. If you want to know whose uh, words have force in them, uh, 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 they say that the, uh, uh, that the uh, muhaddith shabi uh, 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 once uh, passed a drunk. Uh, who a, a drunk thug who had a, a knife in his hand and accosted him in the state of drunkenness imagine this like this is this is like the time of the salaf and there's someone drunk and imagine you and me pass drunk people like on college campus or whatever and uh, we're like oh my god la hawla wa quwwata illa billah so imagine one of the imams of the salaf living with the khalifa and darul islam and like the madhabs are right now you know like i just like hung out with imam malik last week literally like type of people and uh, okay so drunk guy with a knife accosts him in the middle of the street and says uh, hey mulvi you're a big muhaddith why don't you tell us a hadith and so uh, he said that uh, the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that if you have no shame do whatever you want mm. Uh, 
and uh, the, the drunk, uh, this drunk thug, he, his hand started to shake and tremor until the knife fell from his hand. And he ran into his house and uh, 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 made ghusl and hid out of shame. Uh, and then he ends up becoming, uh, his name is Muhammad bin Maslam al-Qa'nabi. He becomes one of the narrators of the Muwatta. Uh, Abu Dawood narrates the Muwatta from him amongst other, uh, other uh, muhaddithin. So the one who speaks for the sake of Allah Ta'ala, uh, you know, for them, uh, even reading the hadith of Riyadh al-Salihin will have an effect on people. And uh, people whose hal is impoverished, uh, uh, like our own Allah Ta'ala, uh, forgive us, then, you know, just do whatever you can, hope for the best. Uh, uh, Allah Ta'ala give all of us from his fadl. Uh, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give all of us from his fadl. Allah Ta'ala give all of us, make us ghuraqa of his fadl and his rahmah. Wa sallallahu ta'ala wa sallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.